Welcome to the Fireside Chat, presented by Rotographs and Pitcher List. Sit back, relax, and enjoy Paul Spohr and Nick Pollock. Hello and welcome to episode 690 of The Sleeper in the Bus. It is Friday, May 17th. I'm your host, Paul Spohr, and it's another Fireside Chat. So I'm joined by Nick Pollock. Nick, how's it going? What is happening? We've got some more disappointing pitchers to talk about. We are on the negative end, man. I am – this is the back end of my pitcher list doubleheader here. Oh, that's right. And yeah. The, the way it's working, the, it's going to be a doubleheader on Friday because I did record with Alex last night. But by the time we were done and I had to stream, I couldn't post it. I didn't want to post it at like midnight. Um, sure, yeah. you know, I, sometimes I post it late on a pod, but we would already had one up. So I'm posting this one like pretty much as you and I start. And then mine and yours will come out later in the day. So it's a pitcherless doubleheader. Couldn't be more excited. Very happy to talk with you. However, the topics are not particularly yeah, fun. These are ridiculous. I mean, it's just this year. It, yeah, it's, it's everyone. two pitchers. We're just going to go through everyone by the end of the year. <laughs> every top hitter or every top pitcher to be like, what's wrong with this guy? What's yeah, wrong right? with this guy? So, that, yeah, that is what we're talking about right now. We're looking at some uh, two struggling arms, Aaron Nola and Trevor Bauer. Let's start with Nola and dive right in. He's got a 486 ERA, 155 whip. Strikeout rate uh, is down. Walk rate is up. Swinging strike rate is down four points. Hit rate is way through the roof. So is the Babbitt, but so is the home run rate. I mean, everything is bad right now. I, I, I can't find that one factor in here where, where you're really holding on to the hope, except for maybe the velocity aspect. Velocity helps in terms of feeling like maybe there's not necessarily uh, a certain type of injury, but the lack of control and command could be another. I think it's shoulder velocity, elbow command, or vice versa. I'm uh, I, I, we talked about last time. I think it's reversed. I, know. I think elbow yeah, yeah. is more velocity, but I mean, I'm not sold that there really is that. There, it's not a 100%. Exactly, I, right. But yeah, I'm just saying. It's a good point about velocity the being there. Just because the there doesn't mean that we're out of the woods on any exactly, sort of yep. injury with Nola. That's my only point there, not saying he's 100% hurt. Right. But let's dive in. What are you seeing out of Nola uh, right now with, with the with the nine starts that we have. And then I'll get into whether or not you're holding out hope because this used to be one of your boys. And by the way, you did rank him lower this year to, to some consternation from folks. Like, what's wrong? Oh, you don't like your guy. Not that you saw a 486, but you, you pushed back a little bit, which I respect because that's when, when that's one of your guys and you hit on him the year before, it's easy to just stay bought in and put him like four and be like, ha, remember when I got Nola right? So, hey. You had some concerns coming in. How do those concerns marry with what we've seen so far? Well, we'll say this. Um, I remember putting that out. I think I put Nola at 10 and thinking, man, I'm really going to go against the grain. All these people are going to be upset. And then I realized that actually, I mean, I didn't feel that I was so, I don't know, anti-consensus with that. No, uh, but it did, I think the it, expectation was that you were going right, to be sure. the high man. No, 100%. And I mean, what I was what really pushed that was that it was a 251 Babbitt last year. Uh, with a you know a 0.7 homer per nine that maybe could have been somewhat sustainable, but then the 82% left on base, where everything really did suggest that Nola was closer to that 3-4 Sierra than he was the 2-3-7 ERA. And the fact also that a lot of the elites have this you know 14% swing strike rate, the, the 30 to 35% K rates, and in his peak year, Nola hit a 27% K rate. It did suggest that, hey, maybe he's not 
in that same tier as your Snell and your your Cole and your Verlander, etc. But at the same time, what we're seeing now, well, this isn't the NOLA I was thinking of, a 486 ERA with a 155 whip, 23% K rate. This is much, much worse than what I thought as the the floor that we had to prepare for. And the, there are a lot of different areas that is concerning for NOLA. I mean, one, it's good that it's not the velocity, but when you talk about command as the, the focus point of NOLA, that's really the thing that I fell in love with early was the, his ability to put fastballs where he wanted them to, this curveball that would always all fall at the bottom or underneath the zone, and then a really nice change that he can mix in pretty much any time confidently. All that is not really there at the moment. The, the curveball is not getting the whiffs that it did before. It's dropped five points in swing strike rate, and that's a big reason why we see that 12.5% strike rate going all the way down to eight and change. That's not good at all. His four-seamer was this fantastic offering. A 13P val last year just goes to show how effective it was. A 212 batting average is at 300 right now with a sub-4% swing strike rate and only a 47% zone rate. His Jeez. first pick's strike rate is was 70% last year. It's at 55. This is really weird. <laughs> Nola is supposed to be a guy that's in the corners, is constantly pounding the zone, is making you feel uncomfortable about where the ball is. Oh, I thought it would be a way to come back in. That's another strike, and I feel so devastated early. And seeing him struggle to get ahead of batters with pitchers that he wants to get ahead with, and then constantly fighting against them that they're not swinging at that curveball once underneath the zone, uh, its O-swing has gone down from 47% to 34%, that curveball for Aaron Nola. That's... Oh, that's scary in its own right. Uh, and the sinker, I mean, we never really loved the sinker. It was still a 5% swing strike rate, still a yeah. 5.7 P-Val, really good batting average allowed, 189. Yeah, the 232 BABIP last year wasn't that sustainable. But, oh, man, the the BABIP this year, I, I want to I give you a moment just to, to breathe on this. What do you think the BABIP is on Nola's sinker in 2019? Just just throw some numbers out there. It was a 465. One, yeah. 469. I was wow. going to say 469. <laughs> I didn't want to be a child. I would have nailed it. Why didn't I just stay being an oh, infant? Oh, man. But that's oh. so bad. That's, that's so, so terrible. Like that, that cannot last. Right. Well, right. So that, I mean, so but this is still. a pendulum swinging the other way so yeah. far. What did you say it was last year? 152? Uh, 232, but it's 189 okay. average last year, 390 average this year. And it's because okay. of the bad bips, you know, going one way or the other. But, so, I mean, it's everything not really working. It, it starts with those fastballs not being effective in hitting the zones, and that makes the curveball not as tantalizing when it comes out of his hand, so they're not going to swing at it as often. I don't really think the movement on it is any different, and actually, in his last start, Nola changed gears with it. Uh, he threw, he had 11 cold strikes with it. He tried to throw it inside the zone more often, uh, 35 thrown, which actually matched exactly how many total fastballs he threw, which is ridiculous. But that kind of goes to show that his command of his fastball isn't really there. And at the, at the the core of it, for me with Nola, it's scary because, as I mentioned before, the foundation of Nola is his command. His command exactly. with that fastball establishing everything. And if that's missing, I, ooh, that, that's a really scary thing. You think everything, all the other pieces would be missing, but that's the that's a core piece of him. So in my, in my SP roundup this week, I finally was like, you know what? I, I'm okay selling Nola. I'm not. I know a lot of people are going to be want, wanting me to say hold out for this. A 486 ERA. He's been this bad. This is why I normally say, hey, this guy has been this bad. But for this small sample of nine starts, but fortunately, 
Uh, there's a lot more season left. And yeah, the metrics are going to say that he's been bad, but he can be still good. It's it's easier to say that when he still has a lot of the skill set there. He hasn't been showing that. So I'm a little, I'm a little scared. I'm not saying sell him for... I don't know a guy outside the top thirty or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I was going to say let's uh, let, let's but, let's go through some names here real quick. Sure. Um, uh, as far as hitters, because it's hard to do the pitcher for pitcher deal. I, I just mm-hmm. I just don't think a lot of those happen. I'm not saying they never happen, but a lot of times, I think people are reluctant to just do that because it's easier to kind of equate the value and well, be like, right. no, 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 I don't want to do that. The, so let's look at some. Hitters. I agree completely. It's, there's a gray area of currency exchange that you can exactly. take advantage of. You can, you can arbitrage it much better uh, pit, if yeah. you if you go hitter for pitcher yep. uh, and, and vice versa, of course, too. Would you do it for Xander Bogarts? Is that enough? Xander Bogarts uh, depends on my situation. I think I can we're gonna, do we're gonna assume that. We're going to yeah. assume the, the needs marry, right? Uh, ha- you have Nola, uh, and maybe you hit on a few late pitchers to kind of make up for the fact that He's not murdering you. You know, maybe you have a Caleb Smith, a Domingo Herman, or both perhaps. Mm-hmm. And so you really are in a position where you can trade him, but your offense is lagging behind. So let's just assume the needs marry well here. I, well, I think I try to aim a little bit higher than Xander Bogart's person. Okay. Let me see. Uh, let me see what names fit you then. Um, I'm going to say this name and then also ask you if you think you can get it done. What about Mondesi? Alberto Mondesi has really panned be, out on the That height. would be a deal that I would go for, yeah. I think that sounds about right to me. Okay. I was, so I was even thinking about it like shortstop. What other shortstop would I target? Exactly. Of Xander. I think Mondesi is a good one. So something in that range. I mean, you're not going to get that from every Mondesi guy. Uh, I think you would need to find somebody with Mondesi that also has stolen bases elsewhere because they'd be taking a big leg out of their stolen bases. But um, I would still ask pretty high on Nola and understand like, listen, I know – you're coming in here, and uh, and I'm I'm selling you somebody who isn't panning out. I, I don't. I think, you know, if I had like a power need or something, I might go for like a a Reese Hoskins or something. But it might be too high. I think the market might might be sour on him too. Yeah, that's kind of the interesting thing. I do wonder where the market's going to line up on um on Aaron Nola right now. So spinning it forward. If I were to not pin you down, but just kind of get a general idea of some numbers that you think we could get the rest of season with Nola, sure. uh, and also something I love to do, we started to do this earlier in the year. What should we be watching for when we're looking at Nola to see if this turnaround is is happening, and then what kind of numbers do you think we could get if the turnaround goes through? So I really like that. That's a really good way of framing this because it's it's more so about uh, watching the development than just saying, "Hey, these are the numbers that would happen at the end." That's that's great. Uh, it's it's those two things. It's the the command of the four seamer. I mean, also two seamers too. I think two starts ago we got a little bit excited. Actually, I think it was three where he started to do the the surprise two seamer to lefties again. That would nip the inside corner on them, and and really snipe it uh, the outside corner against right handers. But as long as he's moving fastballs on both sides of the plate and getting ahead with that, that sets up everything else. And I would also say looking for those whiffs on the curves again. But I do feel that those are a product of that initial attack with the with the heaters. So, okay, I I would say that's a secondary thing. Hopefully, is a product of of the fastball command return. But that's really it. I mean, it's such a broad stroke of the brush. This yeah. fastball command, but just see him getting ahead of batters with fastballs is I think if you really want to focus on one thing. 
Yeah, you'll, you'll kind of know it when you see it, though. It, it is broad, you're right. But it's funny that we're going to talk about this because I got in a big argument about it with uh, Chris Liss over at Rotowire about first pitch strike rate. Mm-hmm. He thinks it's completely useless and doesn't uh, say anything. And you can check out his Twitter. And I, I love Chris. So when we uh, when we argue, it's 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 all within the argument. Uh, right. Of course, no animus there or anything yeah. like that. Um, but I really don't understand his his point at well, all on, on it not having value. There was um, I th- was it maybe Colette or I don't remember exactly who I was talking to this about, but it was essentially about the third pitch. I strike two by the third pitch. Correct. Well, the one and one pitch is probably the most pivotal. Yes. Oh man. But I to could, say yes. that 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 first pitch strike rate is completely useless. Well, is right. I mean, wrong. I think that, that's that's an extreme of it. Yeah. It's, so, uh, but yes, yeah. so the, where you go from one one and Colette is definitely big on that. Is, okay. is massive to go to two right. one versus one two huge yeah, yes i cannot so you can even look enough, yeah. you can even look at that with nola uh you know when he is in those one one counts does he start to fall into more two ones then you're like whoa he's still in trouble and i don't want him or does he start to get into more one twos and really start to assert himself that's definitely right. something that you can look at with nola so um yeah it's a tough situation right now would you go out and buy Ooh, I mean, depends on what I have to spend. I mean, this is a buy low, right? but it, this is yeah, it is. Um, because it, it's not, it it's not like sticks. Musgrove and Darvish because that actually and like and Mikolas because that, that was actually like very low price. You still have to pay more, I think. Right now, we're talking about what we would sell them for, and I'm like, I don't know if I would sell them for Bogarts. So if I'm feeling that way, I don't expect a lot of owners, especially. I mean, I have to say this: it's, it's still in the middle of May. I'm trying to make league uh, trades in like a hometown league. And guys saying, I spent a third round pick on this guy, and you want me to give? It? I'm like, ah, oh, but dude, it's the, it's the middle of May. Yeah. And but there's still that feeling of what cost or the sunk cost, which obviously we all know is don't never think about sunk cost, but whatever. Uh, there's still that feeling, so it'd be harder, I think, to pull people away at the price that you would want to spend on Nola. But I mean, you never know. Every league is different. Every owner, you know, there are a lot of yeah. owners I know that will just rage quit on guys. Yep. Uh, I mean, so you don't go in. Just go talk to the guy. See what happens. Yeah, you, you, you talk to him. I agree because I don't think you go in crazy low ball, acting a fool with some with some sideways offer of right. you know I can't I can't even think of a name that's just silly. Um, you, you don't want to do that. But okay, here's one like sell a, a sell high buy low. Josh Bell, right? This is incredible. And and there's a lot of that exact offer. I mean, there's a lot Uh, of foundation for what what Josh Bell's doing. But if you need the pitching, Josh, there's an easy scenario to paint where your offense is perfectly in lockstep of of doing well, even with Josh Bell uh, or even without. I mean, because he was such a late round pick. Would you do that if you had if you had Bell and, and you need some pitching, would you go buy Nola for Bell? Oh, man. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I, that, there's so many different variables involved with that. I mean, someone literally asked me just yesterday, "What do you think of trading Marquez for Josh Bell?" Which I mean, I'm thinking in my head, how closely do I equate that? Right, Marquez and Aaron Nola at the moment. And so you would trade Herman Marquez for Josh Bell? Yeah. And again, we're going to okay. assume that the needs marry. So I don't. I, right. I, I won't even throw out that caveat. Yeah, I haven't. I, uh, I don't. I haven't really made my decision yet on the legitimacy of Josh Bell. Everything I've seen so far says yes, and I really do want to believe that his lift is is everything uh, to it. I, yeah, I'd say it's even. 
That, that sounds fine to me. Yeah, that 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 passes. That for sounds. Me. That's, that, that, yeah. that's the main point I'm trying to make is that yeah. it certainly passes because of what I think Josh. And this isn't out of nowhere for Josh Bell. It's a surge from last year, but he hit 26 the year before, so he's right. shown that he can hit for some punch. So anyway, we've, we're a little bit far afield here uh, from Nola. <laughs> <laughs> that, those are our thoughts on Nola right now. Let's talk Trevor Bauer. And, sure. you know, I don't think it's as dire because you're still getting – I mean he got beat, beat up by the O's, which is always a tough scene. Uh, you know, now the O's and White Sox I think have beat him on yes. back-to-back. Yes, seven runs. Uh, they had one, one nice in between, start in between. Right? Yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. Two out of three oh, then. And he so wasn't – he didn't go dominate in Miami either. Seven and four was – with ten strikeouts is not a bad start. You're not crying over it, but you want – Seven shutout with 15 strikeouts. No, exactly. Uh, yeah. From Bauer. So it's a 376 ERA, 116 whip, 28% strikeout rate, 12% walk rate. What's up with Trevor Bauer and, and, and where are we at on, on, on what he's doing right now? So, so Trevor Bauer is so absurdly frustrating because I, I got to say, through the entire offseason, I mean, you know me, I, I was really high on, on Trevor Bauer. I think I put him at five in the preseason. And the thing that I got most pushback from was was not that, no, he's only done for one year. It was a year and a half, et cetera. No, it was that he's a tinkerer. Yes. And people were worried that he would. I said that exact thing. Fix this. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I heard this a lot. Yeah. And, uh, and I was like, no, he had a 221 ERA and a 109 whip with a 31% carry. He had his breakout. He's not going to tinker. And what does Trevor Bauer do? Dude, I mean, come on. <laughs> Oh my lord! But this is okay. But I guess this is like my my frustration and also my argument positively for mm-hmm. Bauer. So he has tinkered. He's lowered his breaking ball usage. Uh, it was about a forty to forty one percent range of breaking balls last year. This year, it's about twenty eight percent. You think that that's relates? a huge drop? Yeah. Does that that's relate at all drop. to the? Well, no. He's still walking, guys. I was gonna say, does he get in these walk situations and then start to just pump fastballs? But then he's probably not even commanding the fastball that well. well right. It, it's it's both in in between. So okay, there there is something to be said about throwing a lot of breakers. Like I do separate in my mind fastball cutter change up into one area, mm-hmm. and then I separate breaking balls into another. Sure. And as he pulled back on the breaking balls, it's more fastballs up five points. Uh, cutters are up two points. Change up this thing that he worked on, which is I guess it's actually been fine, uh, but it's up to twelve point five percent. It's about five and change up as well. It, it's frustrating to me because I think that Bauer last year, um, yes, the fastball was better inside the zone. He he did attack a lot more. He had his highest ever first strike rate. What do you know? Sixty-four percent. Mm-hmm. Uh, as he still had that eight percent walk right now, it's up to twelve percent, and we're thinking, what's going on? Zone rate on the fastball has been fine. It's actually been even higher. Okay, and he he's, he's raised it for four straight years. Is for a forty-eight point five to fifty-three, and then fifty-six and change in his breakout year last year is actually up to over fifty-seven now. That's so I don't really think it's it's the four seamer that's any problems. I mean, he did actually. That's what he got burned on yesterday, but that's another story. What I actually think is because. He's focusing more on fastball approach, and that's with a changeup too, which is the same look as well. And then the cutter, which is a little bit different. But because he doesn't have the same massive look as much of curveballs and sliders, I think it's really affecting things. I think it's giving batters just different at bats mm-hmm. that he shouldn't be having. And the thing is, the slider, you know, I had a 21% swing strike rate last year. It's actually higher this year. So 23%, wow. but he's not, getting, he's not getting the O swing on it. 
it's eighty. It's thirty eight percent, not uh, forty five from last year. So I'm thinking to myself, just just keep throwing this thing. Yeah, this is this is this is a very effective pitch. Now his curveball has fallen a lot on on swing striker, about five points, and his zone rate has also gone down. So that means to me that it's just not being an effective pitch. You do see the the average go way down one twenty five, but I, I I wonder if he's just throwing a lot of poor ones. Um, that aren't really, uh, you know, aren't really good. And then also in the middle of the zone, a bit seventy-four percent contact rate. All of a sudden, after a sixty-one percent last year, I don't know if that's really good. At the same time, he's gotten those results, and he's only allowed four hits on all singles uh, on one hundred ninety-four of these thrown. Hmm. I I just have to think the tinkerer himself yes. says, you know what, I can be better. Well, that's the thing. I'm too. going to throw more changeups and cutters and stuff. And now he's like, this has got to be a wake up. Oh, I had that one bad start. He can tinker so, back. You know? Too. Well, right, exactly, and I think that's what he's going to do. I think he, I, I do consider this a buy low. I do consider him definitely still a top ten. Okay, uh, I have him at three. I mean, I even said afterwards, you know, I should probably have Degrom above him. I'm probably going to put him at six, mid no seven, because I have to put Sale above him. Yeah, I th- he's going to be above Patrick Corbin for me, above Degrom and Cole. I, th- I think I'm going to, you know, he's still going to be in my top ten too for Trevor Bauer. It's just like. I'm not going to completely run away from him. It's just not It's just not going to happen. And the thing of it is, even with the struggles, I, I said at the beginning, 376 ERA, 116 whip with a 28% strikeout rate. Where are you, where are you getting that? You know, you're, right. So as far as buying, you're still going to have to pay a premium. Buy low oh, yeah. just means that it might not be as expensive. Not that mm-hmm. you're going to get some crazy, uh, uh, crazy discount, but... Let me see here. I'm trying to think of some names. Well, let's go back to what we were talking about earlier, like a, like a Reese Hoskins. Would you pay a Reese Hoskins for? Yes. Okay. Would you pay an Alberto Mondesi? Yes. Would you pay? I mean, that's that's right about it. Okay. I think that okay. sounds about right. Yeah. Because then we're talking top twenty. Yeah. Those are those are two big time guys. They they have standout skill, power, and speed, um, respectively. Yeah, I think that makes sense. So. The bottom line here is you're not super panicked about either. You're certainly more concerned about Noah for obvious reasons. He's been markedly worse. But you're not running for the hills with either guy. If anything, you are open to buying Noah and Bauer. Bauer much more so, but obviously at the at the higher cost too. Yep, exactly. Okay, I th- I, I, I I tend to agree here. Um, Bauer's really not moving that much in my rankings. Nola is going to move down, but I, I'm just – I can't. I haven't seen enough to say like I'm fully out, and so right. I, I, I. It's just a, it's a scary time. And it we is. Have to just we just have to think positive thoughts. But you know, <laughs> this and, and Nola's better than this guy. So that this is probably why I bring it right. up. There was a pretty scary time for like Kyle Hendricks, where and it's and so easy mm. every time he struggles to be like, hey, there it is. They figured him out. He sucks, right? And and no, they didn't figure him out. But he had a 5.33 through April. And, you know, no strikeouts except for that 111 strikeout spike against right, Arizona. Right. And now look where Kyle Hendricks is. Yeah, and again, exactly. Aaron Nola is markedly better. Our boy Miles Michaelis, which, yo, you called it. <laughs> yo, yo, you sold me. I, I, I like to think finally I got one of them. Nah, you oh, sold man. me. And, I, and I, <laughs> I, 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 I kept saying it on my stream too. I was like, no, guys, because people would ask Nope. Go listen to the pod with Nick. He sold me on air. I'm I'm in. We're st- we're 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 miles we're milesmen. 
where Miles to, Minow- to to your credit, Spore, I, I made a lot of arguments in my day in the in his firesides. That's one that you were very adamant in with. I, I, so I loved it. You, you totally because again, you look at what Miles Michaelis is. He has a terrible start to the to the season, and it's easy to just peel back and say, "Whoa, so why did I ever believe in this? I'm scared." And again. Aaron Nola is better than Miles Michaelis and Kyle Hendricks. So I only bring those two yes. up to show how much they've turned around. And the much better pitcher can also still flip on a dime here. It is still only right. May 17th. And yes, you have guys probably about another week or so of me saying it's only and then fill in the date because it is still early. Maybe once we yep. get to Memorial Day, I'll stop saying that so much. But like we can still put two you know, seven inning outings with like two earned runs total and, and all of a sudden Nola's ERA is is under four and you're like, why would I ever worry? I mean, I mean, here's the thing though. This, if you just look back at last year, I say it often, but Marquez and Wheeler, yes. that didn't start until June. Marquez was terrible. Yeah. And, and so was Wheeler. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, all of a sudden then there you go, done. And they had these amazing that's runs a, for the rest of the year call. and that's... And but that's the thing. That's how this works. Is uh, that's the fun part about what we yes. do is that we can actually, at our fingertips, say like, "Hey, these guys are doing X, Y, and Z differently, and they are markedly a different pitcher at this point." And, I, and that's really fun to talk about. I guarantee you, there's some folks out there who think their fantasy teams are done right now, and it's not. Of course, it, it's hard not to feel. I know. That. It's like you get to dark places. I, you know, I, it's I've hard. been there, dude. I, you know, I check, <laughs> I check my main event every day, and I'm like, oh, geez, but it's not. And and there's going to be the Wheelers and Marquezes of this year, and and maybe not a Juan Soto in terms of a prospect who comes up and does it, but someone who plays like him from this point forward, and, right? Exactly. Um, and, and a Christian Yelich, a superstar or a star who turns into a superstar in the summer and carries. And if the if you get a few of those, and and you get the rebirth of an Aaron Nola who becomes this year's Wheeler, and again he's better than Wheeler, right. so. Anyway, yeah. I'm, I'm belaboring the point, but uh, go, go, <laughs> go inquire about these guys. Be ready to pay a premium for Bauer, just a little bit lower than you would have had to pay, say, a week ago, and and get a discount on NOLA. Don't insult your, your, your league mate, but get a discount and say, hey, I'll give you something, but I can't pay top dollar right now and see what's out there. Nick, great yep. having a fireside with you, man. I'll be talking to you uh, next week, and we'll, hopefully we'll go on the positive end next week. <laughs> Sounds good. Always fun hanging with you by the fire. Thanks for listening to today's Fireside Chat with Paul Spore and Nick Pollock. Follow both Paul and Nick on Twitter at Spore and at PitcherList.